재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. The weekend is just about here, and even if it's only in our minds, we are taking some trips and traveling around, thinking about leisure and tourism. So we book a little time to talk tourism with our own guest host and professional tourist, Jimin Yoon. Uh, we're going to uh, reprise... By the way, hi, Jimin. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> uh, I want to reprise that topic that I asked mm-hmm. in the news feed today. They're, they've appointed this 12-person commission to think about what food characterizes Seoul mm. uh, in order to attract more tourists. Mm-hmm. I want to put that question to you as a professional tourist. Uh, well, what's the I, answer? I think it is hard for all cities to have one food that characterize the city. Sure. And especially Seoul is a very dynamic city, so I think it would be really hard to pick one. Yeah. That it's too big and it's too complex. Yeah. I mean, some of these smaller cities, yeah, they can sort of put their whole leverage mm-hmm. into takalbi or bibimbap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one good point that's come up in the blogosphere is um, Seoul has a lot of regions and districts. And one district may be uh, famous for something, like mm-hmm. juk or whatever. Uh, one district may be famous for binde dok or something like mm-hmm. that. But you can't just slap a label on Seoul and say, ah, this is the food of Seoul. Yeah, well, there are some foods like seolongtang, which is originated in Seoul. Okay. But I heard, but it's really hard because there are so many foods, like, all around Korea yeah. is still in Seoul right now. So, Okay, so maybe they have to mm-hmm. come up with sort of a rainbow of food. <laughs> More broadly, uh, we're talking about food and the relationship between food and tourism today. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you want to frame it? Well, I think food is one of the most memorable experiences you can have when you travel. A lot of cities and countries choose gastronomy as a selling point for Truly. the destination. Yep. And not only food, but also sometimes drinks like wines. Yep. And some people say that what you miss the most from the travel is food. And I think it's the same for the outbound travelers because when they travel outside, they miss Korean food. And when they come back, they miss the food from there. Yeah, so right. And sometimes they bring Korean food with them and when they go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is the part of the segment where you make me insanely jealous, as usual. Uh, have mm-hmm. you had any recent travel experiences involving food? Well, I was in Croatia last week. Croatia. Yes. I think you mentioned about two weeks ago you were mm-hmm. going to go. Yeah. Well, I chose the topic food because I was so impressed by their gastronomic uh, experiences there. So. Interesting. You don't. I, uh, Croatia doesn't usually come up when yeah, you think of great gastronomic destinations. Mm-hmm. I found out when I was there. I visited the Istria Peninsula, which is located at northwest at the northwest corner of Croatia, bordering with Italy and Slovenia. Okay. So Istria is known for its abundant seafood from the Ad- Adriatic Sea. Hmm. And also the amount of sunshine is great for them to have good vineyards and olive farms. So as they enjoy seafood, the white wines are really nice there. And huh. the extra virgin olive oil is one of the best in the world. Cro- I don't believe I've ever had a Croatian wine. Mm-hmm. Did you try some of it? Yeah, they have uh, the white wine, which is very popular, is Malvasia. Huh. And the red wine is very popular. The name is Tehran. Interesting. I've yeah. never heard 
any of those names, uh-huh. I'm going to go to uh, my local wine store and say, hey, where are the Croatian wines? Uh, I, and, I'd be willing to try it. And they're very nice because a lot of wineries and olive farms are small and family-owned, which makes the product to be homemade with a better quality. So especially their olive oil is one of the best in the world. So I can believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost like a throwback mm-hmm. to Italy, the way people conceive of it in their minds. Italy mm-hmm. has become such a machine of tourism now mm-hmm. that it's almost been co-opted, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sounds like more of a rustic experience uh, yeah. as of yet, not yet discovered by the rest of the world. True. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Croatia, anything else? Well, for my another trip was uh, in last April to Finland. And what I was surprised from the trip was that the airlines now are using the gastronomy as a great marketing point for themselves. As in the in-flight service food mm-hmm. is better than the other guys. Yes. So f- uh, I tried with Finnair. Finnair actually had uh, brought their famous Finnish chef who has the Michelin star in uh, Helsinki to design the menus on board so the passengers could experience the Finnish cu- cuisine. What is Finnish cuisine? Well, they have all those like a berry, Nordic berries and Nordic uh-huh. um, like ingredients. It's a very fresh, like salmon. Yep. So a little bit like Swedish cuisine or mm-hmm. uh, yes. yeah, Scandinavian cuisine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they believe providing finished taste on board for the passengers who are only transferring in Helsinki Airport, uh, can those food can inspire them to visit Finland as a destination next time. As I said, the food is always the most like exciting experience that you can have when you travel. You ever hear of how fin- I believe it's in Finland? Sometimes mm-hmm. I get it wrong, but I believe it's Finland. The they eat they kind of um, chew or suck on raw pork. Did you know that? I think it's called salo. And um, the taxi drivers, instead of chewing gum, Maybe. they take a, a pinch of raw <laughs> pork between cheek and gum and just let it dissolve. Well, I'm not sure. I, when I was there, I heard about, like, um, reindeer. They eat reindeers, but... <laughs> reindeers. Oh, my goodness. That sounds good, actually, mm-hmm. venison. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, fin- the, the Finnish airlines, you're saying, are starting to focus heavily on their food? Yeah, and they are also having like a new routes in China and Asia. So they bring like or Asian chefs to design the local food so that like uh-huh. the passengers can have both the Finnish and the Asian cuisine. So if you're going to a particular destination like Hong Kong, maybe they'll make you mm-hmm. fried noodles or something yes. very distinctly related mm-hmm. to that destination. Mm-hmm. And also when you uh, think about Korean air, they are also popular for its Korean food served on board. Like bibimbap is the most known yeah. on-flight menu. Sure. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is the, those little toothpaste tubes of Gochujang. Oh, yeah. I, I squirrel those away and save those. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so um, those are that's airline food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korea is, as we mentioned right at the top with that uh, commission, trying to market its food uh, in a more savvy way to the world. Mm-hmm. How are they going about that? Well, Korea is actually a destination which has a unique and attractive food. A lot of visitors are enjoying Korean food, such as bibimbap and Korean barbecue, street food like tteokbokki and so on. Yep. And I think Korean food has a lot of potentials in attracting more visitors. Well, as we have a huge variety of food, which like not many people are aware of, so... Although our food is now like mostly appealing for Asians, but I think it is our task for the future to find how Korean food can be attractive to other people coming from like Europe, the Middle East, and America. You know what Korea's secret weapon is, Jimin? No. 
Makoli. Oh, yeah. That's uh, I know at least four or five foreigners, Westerners and mm-hmm. also Korean Americans, they've absolutely fallen in love with Makoli because it's the new hipster drink. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, all of this, these varietals and inflections of taste. Mm-hmm. It's a living drink, it's probiotic. Um, and you can't really ship Makoli without you know, making it very industrial. That's so true. you have to go to the location mm-hmm. where they brew it and it's, it's mm-hmm. alive. Yeah, so start structuring makoli tours. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's for free. You don't. Mm-hmm. I won't charge you for that advice. <laughs> well, when you go to Europe and like a France or Italy or Croatia, they have the vineyard culture, like a wine culture. There you go. So we can have like a makoli as a, like our special drink, and we can actually promote the culture, and we can go visit how yes. they make the makoli and stuff. So I think that is a killer idea <laughs> in and of itself. A bus tour that goes to like four or five destinations around Korea. Mm-hmm. And and samples the local makgeolli or two, and whatever the local sort of uh, agricultural produce mm-hmm. is, the the roots or uh, fruits or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, that would kill. Yeah, I think there are some cities which already have like a makgeolli uh, distillery, I would say, yes. like, and also like a soju distillery at some cities, but yes. they're, they're not really promoted yet. So I think it's our uh, job to find those unique spots and make them to be accessible to more of the tourists. Let's make a startup, Jimin. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a, a, one of the things challenges with Korean food is that um, for certain audiences, it can mm-hmm. be difficult, right? I mean, it's difficult for vegetarians. Yes. Uh, it can be difficult for Muslims mm-hmm. because there's a whole lot of pork and pork-related stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was pointed out that Korean food needs to have some variety in vegetarian and halal foods, yes. uh, halal menus, and I think we definitely need to think about ha- halal food because there are so many. It, it like the increase of Muslim tourists it has been observed lately. So I think it is uh, really important, especially in Seoul, to have more of the halal food restaurants. Absolutely. And about the vegetarian that you talked about, I think we do have a good vegetarian food, like the temple cuisine. Right. So I think it is also a good way to develop those kind of cuisines to be more attractive for the vegetarians because it's very unique food that vegetarians can enjoy here. Yeah, and I think it's a matter of educating uh, small businesses and restaurant owners because mm-hmm. a lot of Korean food, just one or two ingredients, bagel, you know, take one or two yes. things out and it's, it is vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Take out the, 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 make a version of kimchi that doesn't have the little shrimpies in them or whatever, mm-hmm. fish oil, uh, or uh, take out pork from your bibimbap, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. have it just be vegetables. And I think you'll have a very user-friendly kind of cuisine for vegetarians, mm-hmm. even at restaurants. Uh, what do you think of the fact that Seoul's getting its first Michelin guide? Oh, yeah. Seoul is ex- expecting its first Michelin guide at the end, uh, end of this year for the next year. year right? The chefs mm-hmm. must be falling all over themselves trying yeah. to uh, come up with things. <laughs> well, many professionals are expecting to have more of the tourists and business travelers interested in gastronomy will visit Korea. So I think it would be a good way to... Like show the world that we do have this standard of food, but I would like to see what kind of like food and menus are on the list because it would be not really impactful if the list only has all the Western restaurants. Sure, there should be at least like oh, a lot of Korean traditional restaurants. But you know there are a lot of restaurants which do like a French cuisine or Itali- Italian cuisine in Seoul, so. I want to see the restaurants. (laughs) Well, as you know, in the United States right now, uh, Korean is one of the hottest sort of uh, set of techniques. Mm -hmm. People experimenting with fermentation and denjang flavors and things like that Mm -hmm. on normal 
uh, so-called Western or continental cuisine, adding a little inflection of kimchi to whatever, my mm-hmm. baked chicken or you name it. Mm-hmm. I think that Koreans, Korean chefs and Korean restaurants should give that a try in reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to use the word fusion. It's such a tired <laughs> word. But um, some of the places that are doing Mexican Korean style food or just reach out in a different direction and try to blend classic French techniques or classic Italian with a little bit of Mm. um, sort of typical Korean flavors. The interesting thing is that sometimes these tourists come over and it's not really the flavor of Korean food that's attracting them. It's something like chimek, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the atmosphere and the vibe. The vibe. They've watched their television (laughs) show that they love so much and the people ate uh, chimek Mm-hmm. And they want to kind of be a part of that. You know, what was it? About a month ago, a couple of thousand Chinese yeah. people from a company uh-huh. sat there in Incheon at picnic tables. At <laughs> it's like, do you not have chimek in China, mm-hmm. really? Uh, but it's the fact that it's Korea. It's mm-hmm. that uh, sort of Hallyu effect. What do you think, before we go, is the main selling point for Korean food? Well, I think those kind of atmosphere that we have in Seoul, especially for the street food and chimek, that's appealing for the young generation of the tourists. So I think it's a good way to combine that with the Hallyu and attract more people to Seoul and even to the locals. Sure. And start that Makoli tour bus. I'll be on it. (laughs) Jimin, that's it for Talking Tourism Today. Thank you for bringing it to us. Thank you. And Koreascape resumes right after this. Thank you.